Good evening and welcome to our Champaign City Council study session for Tuesday, April 14th, 2020. I um, would like to also welcome Troop Girl Scout Troop 2119, who is watching from home tonight. Um, I understand that they are working with Councilmember Pianfetti on a badge, so welcome to the meeting. The first item on our agenda tonight is our public hearing for items 2020-09 and 2020-10. The City of Champaign is in the process of finalizing the five-year 2020 through 2024 consolidated plan and the fiscal year 2021 annual action plan for city council to consider at an upcoming city council meeting. If approved, the plan will be included as a component of the Urbana Home Consortium Consolidated Plan and submitted to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. The Consolidated Plan outlines the city's housing and community development needs, and the Annual Action Plan outlines specific programs and activities to meet those needs. Funding for these activities comes from the Community Development Block Grant and Home Investments Partnership Program for the program year beginning July 1st, 2020, $1.3 million will be available from these federal entitlement grants during the 2021 program year. This public hearing will serve as the third public hearing during this consolidated plan an annual action plan process. The city is also asking for input during this public hearing for the recent special allocation of $591,549 in CDBG coronavirus funds to be used to prevent, prepare for, and respond to the coronavirus COVID-19. This CDBG CV allocation was authorized by the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, known as the CARES Act, signed April 2nd, 2020, to respond to the growing effects of this historic public health crisis. The purpose of this public hearing is to provide an opportunity for all interested persons to give input on the five-year consolidated plan and the FY 2021 annual action plan. All comments received tonight via the city's web-based comment process will be read aloud before the closing of the public hearing after each study session topic. These comments will also be posted on the city's website. In light of the COVID-19, and the virtual presentation of this public hearing. Public comment will also be received through email at neighborhoodservices at champagneil.gov through April 15, 2020. Our neighborhood services staff will now give two presentations. The first will focus on the five-year consolidated plan and annual action plan, and the second will focus on the new CDBG CV allocation. I declare this public hearing open, and I'm going to turn the meeting over to Carrie Wyman from Neighborhood Services. 
Thank you, Mayor. There are two council items tonight for discussion with this first study session. The first item is the five-year consolidated plan that includes, sorry, just a moment. I think there's a, waiting for the PowerPoint to come up. We can see the PowerPoint. Okay, is it on the television as well? Yes. Okay, thank you, I'm sorry. There's a delay on my phone. Carrie, it's on page two is what's on the... Okay, thank you. There are two items for discussion within this first study session. The first item is the five-year consolidated plan that includes the year one annual action plan. And the second item is the 2020 private activity bond cap, otherwise known as bond cap. There are three main documents that the city submits to HUD as an entitlement community that receives community development block grant and home funds. The first is the five-year consolidated plan, which is the analysis of needs within our community. And this proposes the goals and strategies to meet those needs. Each year, the city also produces an annual action plan to outline the specific programs and activities associated funding allocations that will help us meet those goals in the consolidated plan. At the end of each program year, we will also submit an annual report about our accomplishments within that year. The first annual action plan of the consolidated plan period is included as a section of this consolidated plan. And these are the two documents that we are discussing today. The city receives home funds as a member of the Urbana Home Consortium in partnership with the city of Urbana and Champaign County. As such, we submit the consolidated plan together as a consortium. The city has been coordinating with both agencies on the production of this plan for more than a year. In February of 2020, staff presented the initial analysis of needs within the community and information gathered from the citizen participation process. This study session will highlight the proposed recommendations in the draft plan. The expected resources for the full five-year consolidated plan period is $4 million in CDBG funds and an estimated 1.3 million in home funds. The plan asks for us to estimate these five years, I'm sorry. The plan asks for us to estimate this amount, but is difficult as our allocations have fluctuated, fluctuated widely over the previous five years from a low of 650,000 four years ago to over a million dollars in the coming year. We used a conservative estimate of $8,000 per year to plan for the next five years. We'll also be discussing the emergency COVID-19 allocation in the second study session later this evening. On this slide, I've highlighted the goals of the new initiatives in the five-year plan. The first new goal is to create housing opportunities. While CDBG cannot be spent on the new construction of housing, we can support the administration of tenant-based rental assistance programs. And we can also support public infrastructure related to the creation of affordable housing. CDBG can pay for streets, sidewalks, or utilities related to new affordable housing construction. This is often how CDBG funds are paired with home funds, such as with the Bristol Place Redevelopment Project. The second new goal is, to, is public services related to homelessness. This would allow allocations to nonprofits or other, other entities who work with persons without an address. 
Typically, public service dollars are capped at 15% of the annual allocation. The public service dollars have been ex exclusively allocated to youth programs since 2009. The last new item listed here is an urgent need. By making this change to the consolidated plan now, it will allow the city to use annual action plan funds to respond to urgent needs without having to do a substantial amendment to the consolidated plan in the future. Urgent need is defined as a presidential, governor, or local authority disaster, which poses an immediate threat to the health and or welfare of citizens. Once the urgent need is identified, funds may be reallocated to address the community need. This will allow us to would fall underneath increased disaster readiness, and the description would be to include our to increase our readiness for disaster prevention, recovery, and resiliency. The majority of goals and strategies proposed in the five-year plan are a continuation of the existing programs, with the majority of funding estimated to be allocated to the goal of preserving housing. This goal encompasses the city's minor home repair, senior minor home repair, home accessibility, and sleep programs. For public facilities, the city can allocate for improvements in low-mod census tracts, including infrastructure or facilities that serve youth, seniors, or homeless populations. Lastly, the Community Matters Program continues to focus on youth-related programming. Next, we'll go into the Annual Action Plan. This is, a, as I mentioned earlier, a component of the consolidated plan where the comp plan outlines goals. The annual action plan provides specific program and activities to address those goals. For FY 2021, the allocation of CDBG funds is just over a million dollars. In normal operations, the cap for public services is limited to 15% and program and administration is limited to 20%. However, due to the COVID-19 flexibility that is made available through the CARES Act that was just passed, the public services cap for our current year and the upcoming annual action plan year are now waived. Please note that this draft annual action plan was published prior to this guidance. Additional information regarding COVID-19 specific funds will be included in our next presentation this evening. The majority of the current programs and activities did receive strong public support during the public input process over the last year for us to continue those services. There are three new initiatives proposed in this year's annual action plan. The first is to provide public service dollars towards homelessness. These funds may be allocated to an agency that provides homeless services. The second new initiative is public infrastructure for affordable housing. For example, these funds could be used to provide broadband internet infrastructure to the new Bristol Place neighborhood. The third new initiative is the tenant-based rental assistance program management. Whereas home funds can be allocated to TVRA to help with two year, up to two years of rent assistance, there is often no little to no funding for the administration of such programs. By allocating CBG funds, it would allow for administrative dollars to be provided to an agency who, who uses the TVRA program. These administrative funds are unique to CBG because they fall under general funds and do not impact the administrative or public service caps that we typically have. The next steps in the consolidated plan process includes public comment period that closes tomorrow at 5 p.m. 
After those are received, staff will prepare the final consolidated plan and annual action plan for council consideration and an upcoming regular city council meeting. After approval, the plans will then be submitted to HUD for their approval. Um, the deadline for this has been extended to August. We anticipate submitting the plans immediately upon council approval so that all contracts could, be, could begin by July 1st of 2020. For any public comments not yet submitted, citizens can still either email us at neighborhoodservices at champagneil.gov or call us at 217-403-7070 and leave a voicemail. Either one of these actions would need, be, would need to be completed by 5 p.m. tomorrow, April 15th. Now I'm gonna switch over to the second part of this topic, which is our private activity bond allocation. Bond cap allocation comes from the state of Illinois is based on our census population, currently estimated for 88,029 persons, therefore making our annual allocation that's available $9,234,045. In the past, the city's bond cap has been seeded for home purchase programs, such as down payment assistance or mortgage credit certificate programs. Since 2011, after the last housing market crash and recession, the city has also ceded to help finance housing and economic development projects. You can see that in 2018, there were two agencies that received their funding, the Eastern Illinois Economic Development Authority and the Illinois Assist Program. In 2019 and the proposed 2020, we're allocating, we're suggesting a split equally to all three agencies, Eastern Illinois Economic Development Authority, IDA, and the Illinois SIS program. Eastern Illinois Economic Development Agency provides financing for eligible economic development and housing projects in its 11 county jurisdiction. In the past, this agency has provided financing for the Eden Supportive Living Facility, the Housing Authority developments at Providence at Sycamore, Providence at Thornberry, and is currently helping to finance the Haven at Marketplace. This agency does not have any current planned projects in Champaign County, but did share that there is a development occurring in Coles County within their area limits. Developers that are interested in partnering with AIDA or Eastern Illinois Economic Development Authority can reach out to that agency and ask uh, to speak to them about funding for future projects. The Illinois Assist Program is a mortgage and down payment assistance program run by Sand Creek Capital and sponsored by the city of Normal. Illinois Assist offers mortgages with 7% cash grant based on the size of the loan for down payment and closing costs. This program can be partnered with the mortgage credit certificate. A mortgage credit certificate allows a home buyer to qualify for federal income tax credit equal to the percentage of the interest paid on their home loan each year. In 2019, Illinois Assist provided 18 mortgages at an average of $121,000 per loan or just over $2 million in Champaign. IDA currently offers, the third agency, Illinois Housing Development Authority, currently offers three mortgage products under the IDA Access Programs. Each product offers down payment, closing cost assistance, and 30-year fixed rate mortgages to qualified homebuyers. In 2019, IDA provided 60 mortgages to Champaign residents, totaling just over $2 million with IDA Access mortgages. The proposed 2020 bond cap allegation is divided three ways, equally among these agencies. That would have come to $3,081,015 to each agency. 
And with that, we are happy to answer any technical questions and we would direct your attention to the screen for alternative one to direct staff to finalize the 2020-2024 consolidated plan and the FY 2020-21 annual action plan to be considered at a future council meeting and to finalize the 2020 private activity volume cap bond allocation documents to be considered for council action at next week's April 21st, 2020 regular meeting. Thank you. Deputy Mayor Bruno, have we received any public comments for the public hearing regarding 2020 study session 09, the consolidated plan via the city's web-based comment section tonight? And if so, would you please read those? I'm checking again for the latest information, but Madam Mayor, it appears that we have not received any comments for this study session topic. Are there any technical questions or comments from council members? Council member Stock, you need to unmute. Yeah, Carrie, I just had a really quick question. You mentioned um, internet access for Bristol. Are they eligible or are they connected at all with UC2B or ITV3 since that's that was built up in that area of town? Thank you. It was actually built out before the, um, under, under the original Bristol place. And so there is work that would still have to go back in at this time. So they're not currently connected. Anyone else? Either technical questions or comment? Seeing none, uh, Carrie, did you wanna start then on the second item? Thank you, Mayor. Jennifer Carlson, our Neighborhood Programs Manager will now present to us study session 2020-010 for the COVID-19 stimulus funds. Jennifer. Thank you, Carrie. In, in this study session, staff are seeking direction from council on planning for the community development block grant funding being allocated in response to COVID-19. Tonight, staff will share information about the allocation, regulations from HUD, activities that are eligible for use with CDBG funds, and community needs that have presented from COVID-19 thus far. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, also known as the CARES Act, makes available $5 billion in supplemental community development block grant funding for grants to prevent, prepare for, and respond to the coronavirus. HUD announced the allocation of the first $2 billion at the beginning of the month. In a letter dated April 2nd, the city of Champaign received notice of an allocation of a little over $591,000. These funds must be allocated by HUD within 30 days of the bill being signed. The city is receiving these federal stimulus funds as a unit of local government with an allocation under the 2020 CDBG formula. As reported earlier tonight, the city's 2020 allocation is just a little over $1 million. The city has received guidance in two documents from HUD. In addition to the April 2nd letter, city staff received a memorandum last night regarding the CARES Act flexibility for CDBG funds used to support coronavirus response and plan amendment waiver. The city has been instructed to begin planning for the uses of these funds immediately with a focus on supporting the needs of people with low and moderate income. 
Grantees are being encouraged to coordinate with local health authorities before undertaking any activity to support the local pandemic response and should avoid duplication of benefits, meaning grant funds may not be used to pay costs if another financial assistance is available to pay that cost. The CARES Act also provides flexibilities that make it easier to use the stimulus funds, as well as fiscal year 1920 and fiscal year 2021 CDBG grants. That regulatory relief includes suspending the 15% cap on public services for funds during the emergency. This is a noteworthy change as many of the identified need areas for Champaign fall in the public service category. If the 15% cap was in place for these stimulus funds, the city would only be allowed to fund around $88,000 to public services. Allowing a five-day public comment period is available immediately for amendments and new plan submissions. Typically, our public comment period is 30 days. Expedited procedures must include notice and reasonable opportunity to comment of no less than five days. Eliminating in-person public hearings and allowing virtual hearings. Grantees may meet public hearing requirements with virtual public hearings if a national or local health authority recommends social distancing and limiting public gatherings for public health reasons and that the virtual hearing would provide reasonable notification and access for citizens. And finally, allowing HUD to waive further program requirements, except for requirements related to fair housing, non-discrimination, labor standards, and environment. Grantees are advised to amend or prepare plans as soon as possible and not wait for additional waivers and alternative requirements nor should we wait for HUD to allocate the additional $3 billion of the $5 billion provided by the CARES Act. HUD has also provided two guides on eligible activities to support infectious disease response. Examples of eligible activities include food security, youth programming, and homelessness services. Those would all fall into the public service category and could pay costs associated with operation expenses, staff costs, supplies, utilities, maintenance and insurance. Short-term rental assistance is also a public service and would be one time or short-term, no more than three months, emergency payments, generally for the purpose of preventing homelessness. Examples here would include utility payments to prevent cutoff of service and rent payments to prevent eviction. Business assistance for private for-profit businesses could include financial assistance in the form of loans, loan guarantees, and or grants, as well as technical assistance, including workshops and referrals to lenders or technical resources. City staff have been evaluating the potential needs that have resulted from the COVID-19 pandemic. Over 15 meetings have occurred since the third week of March to assess needs and share information about emerging human service and economic needs. The following four needs have been identified. Number one, food insecurity. The newly developed initiative, See You Better Together, launched this week and will provide for the food needs of families of school-aged children. Groceries will be distributed using the school district's existing system for more than 1,500 families a week for the next 12 to 16 weeks. This program is being funded by the United Way and Community Foundation, as well as faith-based organizations. Also, SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as Food Stamps, will provide the maximum benefit amount to all recipients in April and May. 
For example, for a family of four, the maximum SNAP benefit is $646 a month. CDBG funding could be utilized for food insecurity needs if CU Better Together is not fully funded or there is an identified gap for others that do not have school-aged children. Number two, short-term rental assistance. Over 259 Champaign County households have applied to the new COVID-19 rental assistance program being offered through RPC and the townships. This program will provide one month of rental assistance to eligible households that have lost income due to COVID-19 and do not qualify for unemployment benefits. And the first full week of operation, which was March 27th through April 4th, RPC staff received 178 calls for assistance and the daily average has been around 30 calls. The city of Champaign Township is interested in a partnership with the city to fund further rental assistance. Number three, small disadvantaged businesses. There are federal programs like the Paycheck Protection Program available to respond to the financial need of businesses. For businesses that don't have a strong bank relationship, it may be challenging to access these funds. According to the Illinois Black Chamber of Commerce, the two most critical concerns are access to capital and banking relationships for disadvantaged businesses. The Champaign County Chamber of Commerce also discussed specific concerns on the lag time for loans to be approved and funded due to the sheer volume of requests, technical assistance to businesses, and different needs for sole proprietors. And number four, homelessness services. This was a priority need in order to ensure the health and safety of people that don't have an address. The Champaign County Continuum of Service Providers to the Homeless developed a plan that would follow social distancing guidelines and extend operations past April 15th when the overnight men's and women's shelters were scheduled to close. The continuum was successful in receiving a grant from the Illinois Department of Human Services to provide for an expanded shelter season while covering operation costs and hotel stays for Austin's place, see you at home in the emergency family shelter. Availability of men's and women's shelter will continue through the shelter in place order and see you at home is offering extended hours at the daytime drop in center. Our next step is to develop a draft plan of recommendations based off council and public input with a focus on service gaps in the community. The plan would be available for a five day public comment period concurrently amending our citizen participation plan. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any technical um, questions. And I would like to ask council to consider alternative one, direct staff to draft a plan and recommendations according to HUD guidelines on CDBG-CV funds to be considered for council action at a future date. And before we go to council, have we received any public comments for the public hearing regarding study session item 2020-10, CDBGCV funds via the city's web-based comment section tonight? And if so, will the deputy mayor please read those comments? Um, Madam Mayor, we did get a comment as a public comment to this council bill from Rebecca Motley at 11.30 a.m. on April 13th. And it's short and I can just read it now and then uh, it can be made a part of the record if you'd like me to do that.
I believe that any public comment received before five o'clock is not a public comment during the meeting, but rather is a uh, piece of correspondence that would be considered as part of the comment for the consolidated plan, but would not be read aloud. So then I would just acknowledge that we did get such a comment and it is a part of the city's record now. We will make a motion to that effect, I suppose, one week from today. Perfect, and nothing else? No other items? Um, Madam Mayor, that's correct. Uh, we Was there something from the Girl Scouts? There is, uh, but it's in the form of a question. Uh, but I will point it out because uh, a council member may wish to speak to this. I know our general understanding is we don't address questions, but one of the things we're missing tonight is that wonderful phenomena of scouts being in our audience who come to see city government in action. So uh, tonight we're getting a special uh, focus from uh, Troop 2119 of Champaign, Illinois, and they're working with Councilmember Pianfetti. Uh, and one of the scouts in that troop, uh, Allison Hemming, asked a question that generally is a rhetorical question, it's maybe something other council members want to speak to. Is there anything middle school kids can do to help the community while we are staying in place? And that's from Allison Hemming of Troop 2119. Uh, other than that, I don't think we have any uh, public comment for tonight's uh, study session topics or in general, yeah. Thank you. Are there any technical or other comments by council members? Just raise your hand. Council member Gladney. Thanks. Um, no, I, I was just wanting to make sure I understood what's the triage for this? So I, I was reading in our packet about the local United Ways 211 number where folks were looking, they, they can call that number and be put in touch with uh, social services for like relief funds. But is, is that a major component of this? Or how, in other words, how are people gonna be triaged to like particularly the city of Champaign residents gonna be you know, triaged to the, be able to get this assistance, I guess. First and foremost, we want to have people call the 211 number, and there's also a, a county response COVID-19 website. Um, that's where we would direct all persons that have needs. In regards to our funding, this COVID-19, um, those specifics on how people would access those is yet to be determined. Um, we'd have to actually probably contract with someone to actually get the funds issued. I don't know if Jennifer would like to add to that possibly. No. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Councilmember Pianfatti. Um, I had a question about the timing of when the funding would, um, the timeline for the funding. So if we needed to look at um, allocation of funding or establishing where we might set priorities for this funding when you might be receiving it or how it, like, would it be a, a lump sum that would come as like this has been allocated for sure 
to us um, or, you know, for us to do what we want within these four needs that have been identified or, um, you know, could we say we want to put some here and then see like if the, um, you know, if the um, CU Better Together doesn't get all its funding that it wants, then we could put some funding towards that. If we decide to put other monies towards something else or, um, you know, sort of how, how might the timeline look or do you have to spend it at a certain rate <laughs> for the state not to say, oh, you haven't spent it all, so we're going to give it someplace else now? Sure, those are great questions. And let me just point out, this is such an odd, um, we don't typically get this type of funding. So it's it's following along with our community development block grant. However, um, it is a special pot of money. I think the strong message that we're hearing is hurry up, um, partner with your local health, public health and your community, but hurry and figure out where those needs are and, and get the funds out the door. That's the message that we're receiving. Typically, this is federal money, so it's flowing from the federal government to us. This does not pass through the state of Illinois. And typically we're on a reimbursement basis. So we do spend the money in advance and then we seek reimbursement. Um, and the 20 years I've been with the city, that's never been an issue. So um, we would, of course, would partner with our finance department on how we go about doing this. But yes, I think we can say with certainty we have just under $600,000 in additional funds that can be used for COVID-19 uh, in the city of Champaign. Um, and we have talked at length internally about your question. Um, we don't know what all the needs are right now, but we know there's some urgency to get some things going. And so I think to the best of our ability, we're going to try to write the plan that would be coming back to city council for approval. We wanna write it with some specifics, but also with the ability that if, if rental housing became a more urgent need and the food uh, program, for example, did receive other funding, that we'd have some flexibility to the best of our ability. Um, because I don't think we're going to have all $600,000 uh, ready to be allocated, but we do think there'll be some urgent needs sooner uh, rather than later. Your question about when does it have to be spent by, I'm going to refer to Jennifer. I don't recall that there was a hard deadline. Um, I think the goal is to, though, to, to do this quickly, but Jennifer may have more specifics. No, you're correct, Carrie. There, um, there is no um, hard deadline, but the stress has been uh, get the funds out soon. And then I, I just had a, a follow-up. You had mentioned that um, they didn't want you to give funding to um, programs or to distribute funds to um, anything that might to duplicate funding. Um, who makes that determination? You know, because anything that you mentioned already has some sort of support to it. Um, you know, but who makes that ultimate decision that, oh, this has been supported too much so that they might say we didn't like how you spent that money like especially in in light of the fact that you said it's on a reimbursement yeah and that's that's part of what makes us a little nervous because um but the message that they're sharing is don't even wait for all of the guidance to come out before you start spending money and um, that does concern us a little bit but i think the message has been loud and clear we need to get in front of 
the situation that people are facing. And when we talk about duplication of benefit, I think that I think what they're driving at maybe a little bit more is that if we're paying for rent assistance for someone and separately the United Way and Township program also paid for the same month of rent, they wanna know that we're asking people those questions. Um, so I, I think that um, the current rent assistance program that's in operation with the townships, the United Way, and the uh, Community Foundation, they're asking, um, are you eligible for unemployment? Because if you're getting full unemployment, then they don't wanna pay your rent. We're gonna kind of follow that same model um, to the best of our ability, we want to ask people relevant questions just to see if they're getting any other assistance. Same with small business. We want to know if you've applied for something else and what's your status so that we wouldn't duplicate a benefit. Um, that's really, I think, what they're looking for. And I may be wrong in, in a year if the audit comes in and they say otherwise. I think it's just to the best of our ability, how have we tried to vet those things to, stre to stretch the dollars out to the most in need. Councilmember back. Thank you. Uh, my first question was regarding the duplication, and you answered that one. It sounds more like it's regarding the individual rather than the like the the need itself. There's a great need, so we want to make sure we're providing for the need, but it's not so much about that. It's the individual. Is that a fair assumption then? I, I think so, and I don't know if Jennifer wants to chime in here as well. I think it's, they recognize that we want to partner with agencies and that there may be gaps, but mm -hmm. we're going to be putting money in where other um, private or nonprofit dollars uh, or other agency dollars are also. And Jennifer, do you want to add to that? I think if you use the rental assistance as a, as a good example, um, if someone applied for the township rental assistance in one month and then received the rental assistance funding through CDBG um, the second and third month, um, yeah, they're getting funded by multiple agencies, but it's not for the same month. So if, if RPC and the township uh, were paying for the same month that the, the CDBG dollars were paying for, that would be, that would be a duplication. Right. Okay. Thank you. Um, so my next question is, uh, if we are going to be partnering with agencies to do this, because I'm assuming we're not going to be the one administering these programs, we're going to need to partner with some agencies to do that. Um, how do you foresee that process happening? I think we'll have to do contracts. Um, and if your question is maybe an R, the goal is to get this out as quickly as possible. Um, and you know, we'll have to look at our um, the city's purchasing policy, how big the contracts might be. You know, there's different, the city has different policies depending on the size of the contract. Um, so maybe it's an RFP, but we would again look to have a very short window of time um, to get them up and running. But yes, you're correct. This is, these are things that more than likely would be provided by another partner agency mm -hmm. or require a contract or an intergovernmental agreement depending on who the entity is. Okay. Um, and are there, within the documents that we've already received, and I know that this is true across all the programs that are coming out right now, there's the, it changes daily. There's more information every day about any individual program and things are changing constantly. Um, were there any identified priorities that were given or is it identify what's in your community and address that? They talked, their first focus area was really uh, assisting with infectious diseases. Um, specifically the things that Jennifer mentioned in her presentation, you know, talking about small business, job creation, 
is there a way that you can help with uh, manufacturing medical equipment, for example? Um, but beyond that, it really is about what your local needs are. And that, that is the beauty of the Community Development Block Grant Program. It was created in the 70s, and it's really meant to look at your local needs, um, provide federal funds and a block grant to your local needs. Mm -hmm. um, so when we're talking about rental assistance, one of the uh, gaps in rental might be that we have a lot of students that maybe aren't paying their rent for our local, uh, our local um, rental agencies or, or building owners. Um, is there any thought around that? Um, or is there any guidance around that? Because, you know, clearly we have a huge need of people that are currently working and living in our community, but the people that I'm particularly concerned about smaller building owners or smaller rental owners? Is there any, um, would that be, would that be considered sort of in the more of the small business assistance po portion of it? Yeah. If you're, if I understand you correctly, um, let's say a student has left the community because school, right, because they're online now, would we help with their rent? And I think, no, we're looking really at trying to help people that are here in the community who have had a, um, some type of income loss that are struggling to pay their rent and they're currently occupying their champagne. So, so I would I'm more thinking along the lines of, let's say the local um, landlord that might have a small apartment building that that's their income. Would okay. that be part of the small business portion of it? Could it be, or would that, would that not be allowable because it wouldn't, we wouldn't, consider that person living in the community and it would be considered rental assistance. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. That would fall under the small business. If, if the city council directs us to look into small business, that would be, and again, we would then have to, and we've been working with Bruce Knight and the planning uh, and development folks. Uh, we've had, those are some of the calls um, talking to the local Black Chamber of Commerce and the State Chamber of Black Chamber of Commerce. So we would have to look at that as a business entity and their loss of revenue, not so much the rent assistance, it would actually be a loss of revenue. And then the question and that duplication of benefit, are they eligible for um, the PPP program, um, the Paycheck Protection Program, or any of the other SBA products that are really meant to shore up um, business entities? So we would wanna check into, do they have other options available? And if not, then we would be kind of that last resource for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do, if we do, um, business assistance, um, are we allowed to, in, in, for example, in the PPP, that is a, many of the, I think institutions are doing a 1%, I think loan, uh, rate is what they're doing at this point in time. And I, does the CDBG funding, um, provide for the opportunity to do an interest payment or is there only, is there just the granting and um, what, if we did do, if we did do interest, would that, would we be able to do that and take an interest as an, as a entity or not? We can do loans. So it can be grants or loans. Um, years ago, the city, and, and this is before my time, like in the nineties, we did actually do home repair loans that, that were loans and not forgiven. I don't recall that they had an interest rate though. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if Jennifer knows about the interest rate question, but I do know that we can offer um, some of this as a loan instead of a grant. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Councilmember Kyles. Oh, my touch screen will work. Um, no, I appreciate just a comment. Just appreciate uh, the conversation on the four areas. All of the areas uh, are important. Uh, specifically, when you talk about small business, we've looked at the stats and we've looked at the data. And we know that small business around the country, and particularly in our community, um, is is uh, struggling. And there's a, a harsh reality. Uh, uh, a really sad reality that some of those businesses may not be able to uh, come back after this, um, uh, even during the pandemic and really uh, the post effects of the pandemic, particularly when you talk about MBE and WBE businesses. And uh, we all know the struggles that we talked about before uh, this pandemic and those struggles are heightened now because of the, um, the, the closure of businesses and really kind of like the browning out, you know, you, you have curbside services or you have businesses that can and um, operate at a minimal level, but uh, just about every business that, uh, that I've talked to um, and just listening to the business community as a whole is, um, is struggling. And uh, that's a big deal because we know that small businesses add jobs and, and, and we all know that that's an important piece, particularly when you talk about uh, black owned businesses in our community. Um, we've had several study sessions and we as a city um, have even looked at trying to, I think that we were making some, some great strides in, in um, improving our portfolio and seeing what we could do to diversify um, but now a lot of those efforts, um, if you, you look around and you go to your local shops are uh, just because of the nature of what's going on are, are definitely uh, at risk. So anything that we could do to look at small business, particularly WBE, MBE, small businesses. Um, and I like to specifically point out black owned businesses uh, is a big deal and um, anything that we can do to to help assist um, a lot of the, you did point out correctly that you know while we have the PPP program um, a lot of that they, I mean I think I talked to SBDC and they said that we have about 30 million small businesses and about one million one million businesses worth of funding so we know those dollars go really quickly we know that banks are working double time triple time and inundated uh, we know that we have programs out there, but the reality is, um, will they trickle down to um, um, those businesses, MBE, WBE? There's a reality that most likely they won't. And so um, anything that we can do to, to partner and help and assist, whether it's through technical assistance, getting information, or even grants, um, business owners prefer, I, I would say that business owners would prefer grants as opposed to loans just because uh, um, the reality is who wouldn't, particularly at this particular time. Um, so anything, so if we, even if, so if we were to do loans, I wouldn't want to see us do anything that would uh, discourage businesses for even applying. I would more so uh, look more so towards grants 
as or forgivable loans at that point. So those are my comments. Thank you for the presentation. Councilmember Bricks. Yes, yeah, so I have a question on the economic development end of things. Is there a way that you can utilize those funds to assist small businesses and potentially increase the funds that are available through private and civic fund partnerships? Or do we have any connections of people or organizations that we could go to to do that? Um, with regard to, I'm sorry, that was in regards to economic development or small business? Yes. Um, right now, what I'm familiar with is things such as the, the PPP program, um, the disaster recovery, those kind of programs, those are all, I believe, government funded. I'm not aware of any. But no, there's not a prohibition um, on us having a public-private partnership. Um, similar to the homeless or the food program, that might be something that we do in conjunction with what the United Way is doing. If there's, I'm just not aware of any, but yes, we would we would be able to consider that so that we could leverage our dollars to go a little farther. And this is a little more longer term. So let's say we do an economic development program that is um, more loans and just at really favorable interest rates to help people through. And then let's say as those loans are repaid, is that something that we can convert into um, programs for additional support to small business development? Um, thank you for bringing that up because someone asked earlier about interest and I failed to mention Typically with CDBG dollars, if there's any income generated, that's considered program income and it does have to be turned back into the program to further those same goals. Um, I don't think we've received any guidance yet from this special stimulus pot of funding, if that would also apply, but let's just assume that it would. So yes, if a loan were repaid through this economic recovery, could we then turn around and fund another or, um, another small business activity, I think they would encourage us to do so, even if it was outside of the recovery window. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Okay, seeing none, if anyone else desires to express their views regarding the consolidated plan or the annual action plan, please email your comments to neighborhood services at champagneil.gov or call neighborhood services staff at 217-403-7070. All comments received in response to the public hearings on April, by April 15th, 2020 will be included in and responded to in the community input section of the final consolidated plan. I now declare the public hearing closed. Thank you. And there's no further council comment. Wave if you've got any, okay. Um, so we have then two items that we need to give direction on. Do you um, want those separately, Carrie? Either one is fine, Mayor, whatever's your preference. Okay, so alternative one on the first item is to direct staff to finalize the 2024 consolidated plan and the fiscal year 2021 annual action plan be considered at a future regular meeting 
and to finalize the 2020 private activity volume cap bond allocation documents to be considered for council action at the April 21st, 2020 regular meeting. All those in favor, please raise your hand signifying aye. I see all council members item that gives you direction then to do that since this is a study session. Yes. The next item for the 2010 item is direct staff to draft a plan and recommendations according to HUD guidelines on CDBGCB funds to be considered for council action at a future date. So all those in favor of that. I see all council members, council member Kyles, is that a yes? Okay, so you have direction on that item as well. Thank you. Okay, are there any council comments? Council member Gladney. Yeah, real quick, um, I know everyone in the community is going through a lot right now and a lot of people are, are putting in a great deal of effort to help out in, in whatever way they can. I, but I particularly want to thank our staff at the city who is just stepped up in a major way and continues to do so and will continue to do so as, as the situation goes on. Um, I just want to take a quick moment and just let them know that it's very much appreciated. Uh, I know that I know we appreciate it, citizens appreciate it, uh, and just uh, thank you. Anyone else? City manager, do you have any comments? I was going to say that I have nothing, Your Honor, but I do want to thank Councilmember Gladney. Um, for recognizing our staff. We have a lot of amazing people who've been doing really good work over this last month since council declared a local emergency. I also wanna thank the city council, the mayor and council members have been amazingly supportive on the ground, keeping us informed of what they're hearing in the community so that we can be responsive. So I'm grateful to be working for the city and we're gonna to continue to do our best in order to serve people through this difficult time. I have nothing else, Your Honor. Okay, Council Member Stock. Sorry, and my unmute button. I move that we adjourn. You're muted. <laughs> all those in favor, please raise your hand, signifying aye. I see all council members. And so we are adjourned. We'll see you all in a week. Thank you.